What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, aka the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined, as always, with the very opinionated coming out fresh out of the uh, hot sports opinion and non sports opinion oven at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you? So, well, I, I don't know what gives you this uh, idea that I'm super opinionated or anything like that, but uh, happy because while you're while you were waiting me waiting for me to finish off my notes, you came out with like eighteen hundred opinions. So yeah, sometimes uh, I just have to get them off my chest, and I just don't have yeah. somebody to tell them to. A rundown: Marcus thinks ice coffee sucks. Does, he enjoyed yes. the new Batman, and he could care less about seeing movies in the theater. He's all about the home theater. He doesn't care if movie theaters go out of business forever. Uh, that's not there true. I, I enjoy the, the theater experience, but it's just way more convenient to, to watch them at a home theater. Do you remember the first movie that like you could get at the same time it was playing in a the theater? Like, do you, do you remember this? Yeah, of course I do. It's, it was called Straight to Video. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying, do you remember? It was what, usually it was usually a movie video? with like with Richard Grieco in it or something. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, for for me it was Titanic. I remember when Titanic was in theater, and it also came out on the two set VHS tape. Do you remember this? Well, it may have been on a uh, on like a late release or like to to it came back to the theater. No, but it, it was, did not debut. Oh no, it didn't debut. But Titanic was in the theater for so long that it actually the VHS came out. I mean, pretty quickly after it was out in the theater. But that was the first time I remember watching a movie at my house that was also in the theater at the same time. That actually happened with Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, which was their debut album that had Welcome to the Jungle, uh, Sweet Child Eye, Paradise City, which is probably your favorite. Uh, it stayed on the charts so long in the top five that when Lies came out, their second album, they were both in the top five at the same time. And I think they were the first rock band to ever do that. Then they did it again with Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Now, I know you've never heard of any of those albums, but it's okay. Uh, we're not judging here. It's not your fault. You're an Oasis guy. But, you know, uh, we do what we could do, you know. A little bit more Nirvana, but go ahead. Yeah, so we are, we're doing power rankings today. We're doing a post-draft power rankings today. I'm making some notes when Marcus talks about nonsense. Uh, Marcus has got the rundown ready with Courtney. Uh, I wanted you to talk about Batman a little bit, though, because I bet you a lot of our listeners have either gone to see that movie or thinking about seeing it. I'm one of them. So make a case why I should not go to the theater and try and catch this. Oh, I think you should. I think in a theater would be incredible to see it. I actually saw it in the home okay. theater, which was a, still really cool, but uh, a very different type of Batman movie. We're we're used to seeing the Christian Bale or the Michael Keaton. This is this is. Did dark. you like the Christian Bale Batman's yes. or not? Yes, I did. I, okay. I liked all three of them. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, okay. Did not like the Ben Affleck one. This one is uh, dark, though. It's. I mean, it's visually dark but it's also like just the, the whole plot is very dark uh but i, I enjoyed it I, I i'm excited to hopefully see more of these are you kind of getting a little bit tired of the superhero movies i mean they're so formulaic you know and it, it <sighs> just i mean and, and i know there's some people that are like hey don't hate on them as real movies because people keep seeing them yeah i get it that people keep seeing them but what's the demographic of the people that keep seeing them in other words, are the numbers up because teenagers are seeing them four and five times? In other words, I'd, I'd like to know how many unique 
visitors go to see superhero movies anymore. Yeah, so I'm not a big superhero movie guy. Like I didn't I didn't go see any of the Avenger movies. I haven't seen hardly any of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but I don't know. I've always, I've always had a thing for Batman. You've always had a thing for Batman. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I think the story's so, interesting. So what, what people in the know, people like in the biz would say is you're a DC guy. DC yeah, but I'm comics. not though. Like, cause I'm not a Superman guy or I'm not a Venom or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. I, I've got, I picked my spots, right? Okay. Okay. Um, can was we talk about, about football? Was, for, that a, was that a bad case to go watch this? No, movie? no, no. I'm, I'm okay. Can we talk about football for sure. a moment? I'm going to power please. rankings. Uh, schedule release supposed to come out here. Uh, to you, is this just much ado about nothing? Is this really exciting? How do you feel about it? Because I've heard both opinions on it. Most people don't seem to be that excited about it to, that I have seen, but I could be wrong on that. What, what, what do you think? I only care, like, for the Cowboys specifically about three games, right? Who do they play mm-hmm. in week one? Who do they play mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. And who do they play like around Christmas time? The Cowboys will play the Eagles on Christmas Eve this year. They're going to play the Giants on Thanksgiving. And we don't quite know who they're going to play in week one. But that's all I really care about, Elliot, because we know all the, the teams are going to play. There's no surprise who they're going to play and where they're going to play. It's just when. And ultimately, it doesn't matter too much to me. And I, I know you were telling me on the phone when we talked earlier that you're really disappointed that Dallas and Philadelphia are playing on Christmas Eve. I concur with that. <clears throat> I don't think that's what people want to do on Christmas Eve. I don't think they want to watch football. I'm sure it's going to get a decent rating because people will have it on in the background. Yeah, That's a different thing. That's the Hey, that's the beauty of sporting events. You can put them on the background. You don't have to pay attention to them. Check the score in the second quarter. Go back in the fourth. But I'd much rather watch It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve myself. Yeah, I would. me too. I, you know that's my favorite Christmas movie, that and Santa Claus too. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. But the, the, the NFL didn't have much of a choice here because Christmas falls on a, I believe, a, a Sunday this year. So Who cares? So, what, okay, so what are the options? What do, you, what do you do if you're in the NFL? Do you just say, hey, we're not playing games this week? No, but I think the NFL – I, I think the NFL is can move games to Saturday. I mean, if, fine. If, if, if they have to play it on Christmas Eve, they have to play it on Christmas Eve. I'm speaking more of what we saw last year when we had the – didn't we have a doubleheader on um, – uh, On Christmas Day. Christmas Day. It's, it, it's nonsensical. Uh, well, also, I, I, I agree with ahead. that. Like, we don't have to have games on Christmas if it lines up where Christmas is in on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do if you're the NFL, like in this year where it's on a Sunday, you can't move the games off of Christmas Day. You, you kind of have to play them, right? Right, right. Um, well, no, not right. Because technically you could at least disperse some of the games to Saturday. You could play a doubleheader Monday night. You don't have to have all the games on Sunday like that. And it's all, that's, it sounds like what they're doing. They're going to have three games on Christmas Eve this year. Also worth noting uh, – you know, how do I say this the right way? Well, let me let me scratch that for a second. Let me go back to to last year when they played the doubleheader. We also talked about the idea of having a Black Friday game. Like, I'm just wondering where where does it stop? Where does it stop? What's where you know what's the point where they say, okay, we're probably overdoing it a little bit here? Where is that point? 
I'm asking you. Probably we get to the point where we have games on Tuesday and Wednesday during the week as well, right? If there's a game on literally every day, that's where it gets to be too much. I mean, do you, I, there may be a point of oversaturation here. We've talked about this on the podcast today. This isn't really the day for it, but I really wonder where that is, Marcus. I do, um, because uh, it seems like the NFL is is flirting with that a little too much, uh, in my mind, uh, by doing stuff like this. But you may have a different opinion than I do on that, um, but that's, that's kind of how I see it. Uh, in terms of... The schedule, the schedule is a formula. So most people that are diehard football fans, they already know who their team is playing. Basically, the way the schedule works is you play every team in your division twice. Usually the back of your schedule is backloaded uh, or, or is loaded. Your back of your schedule is backloaded with divisional games. So you may play three out of four weeks. You're going to be playing division opponents. Okay, so that's six games right there. All right. Uh, then you play one division in your own conference, which rotates every year. So maybe you play the NFC North this year. You also play one division in the AFC that rotates every year. That's eight games. We just accounted for 14 games right there. You play a random AFC team based on finish that's not in the division that you're already scheduled to play. And then you play two random NFC teams that are not in your division and not in the division you're scheduled to play based on finish. Did I get that all right? There you go. And that's yeah. that's how it is. Yep. <clears throat> that's the formula. So basically, you're just trying to figure out, okay, I know Dallas is playing, um, let's see, Dallas plays or the Eagles play, NFC East plays the AFC South, I think, this year. So I know Philadelphia is going to be playing Tennessee. I know they're going to be playing Houston. I know they're going to be playing Jacksonville. And I know they're going to be playing the Colts. It's just a matter of where and when. Is the Colts a home game or a road game? Now, that sometimes makes a difference. Although we know that every year now, too, because every four years it flips, right? So the Cowboys, good play, point too. the Cowboys played Jacksonville four years ago at home. Now they're going to be playing them in Jacksonville. So we, right. Even it's know, just, we don't know that we don't know the time of the year. We just don't know do. the time. Yep. That's the only right. thing we don't know. Okay. Uh, so getting all that aside, uh, Marcus did the power rankings for this week. I did them all season, but uh, we're doing a post draft and, Marcus has been doing our rankings in the off season here, and uh, he's got a beautiful list. He worked with Courtney on, and uh, I assume you looked at what happened towards the end of last year, free agency and draft, coaching hires, mm -hmm. anything else? Uh, no, just my general vibe about the team kind of going into the 2022 season. Real quick, uh, how heavily weighted is last year's performance? If you had a pie chart. Because I always yeah. thought this was the hardest part of doing these. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's certainly in there. I would say 10 to 15%. I'm still looking at the roster, still looking at the coaching staff, but how you performed last year only matters a little bit. Okay. Uh, you want to get started? Yeah, let's do With it. Your Sterling number 32. Well, actually, 32 and 31 are basically your team, so we should just start oh, right there. Oh, boy, here we go. Uh, Texans at 32. They played better than the 32nd team last year. Um but I didn't really love their draft. I didn't love some of the moves they made in free agency. It's all about Davis Mills. If Davis Mills can take a step up here in 2022 in his second year, they could be much better than that. But I, in terms of the roster, the coach, don't love them. I just got to say the helmets look absolutely beautiful here. Yeah. I have I have Houston number 32 as well. I made, I made my uh, power rankings. I have them with some notes here. Uh, usually we let Marcus shine, though, so I probably won't say anything. Uh, let's go uh, to number 31. 
Jacksonville. I think they've got a chance to be much better than they were last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the 2021 Detroit Lions, where they're just in just about every single game. I think the upgrade at, or at head coach with Doug Peterson is a mm-hmm. massive one. But that roster's still not very good, Elliot. The offensive line's not great. Don't love the secondary there in Jacksonville. Uh, they're going to keep them there at number 31. I have them a little bit higher than you. I've got them four spots higher than you, only because they got established players. That doesn't mean they're all going to gel, but they are certainly stronger than they were. Mm-hmm. Now, look, man, if they play like they did against the Colts, then look out. But uh, Trevor Lawrence needs to take a big step forward. Let's go to number 30. We are in lockstep here, my friend. Seattle Seahawks. Um, Drew Locke versus Geno Smith. Have you? What's the last quarterback battle that has been this, dep- this depressing entering week one? Uh, Max Hall and uh, Ryan Skelton, maybe Ryan Finley. The twenty, the twenty ten Cardinals. I'm trying to remember who was duking out. I Saint think it was Pierre, John Skelton. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Was it? Didn't they have Saint Pierre? Ryan, Saint, another guy, Brian Brian Saint Pierre. Pierre. Yeah, I don't know if Derek Anderson was on that team. I don't think so. Um, yeah, that would that would be the one that comes to mind for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's that not was great. when Kurt Warner retired. Everybody, there's a uh, real chance Seattle finishes with the worst record in the NFL this year. Yeah, I've got them 30 as well. Okay, uh, 29. Uh, your Carolina Panthers with Matt Rule, big, big season for them. They're going into the season with Sam Darnold as their quarterback. Maybe we'll see if the Baker Mayfield uh stuff ever comes to fruition. But man, cannot be all that excited about what the Panthers did this offseason. You are more positive, Perry, than me on this team. I have them 31, my mm. friend. Uh, so there we go. All right, let's uh, go to 28. This is one of the toughest ones for me because yeah. I really believe in Justin Fields, but I don't really believe in the rest of that Bears roster. I, I hated some of the moves that they made this offseason. They didn't really get him help on the offensive line. In fact, they lost their best offensive lineman in James Daniels. They didn't bring in a veteran receiver uh, of note. <sighs> Bears at 28 are hard for me, man. Yeah, I put them at 26. I think I like the coaching hire a little bit better than you did, Matt Averflus, but but uh, uh, we're pretty much, again, in the same area here. Uh, next up is a team that we're, we're also pretty close on. Yeah, it's the Atlanta Falcons at 27. They've traded Julio Jones and Matt Ryan in back-to-back off-seasons. It's a clear reset for them, right? Now, I do like Marcus Mariota a little bit. I like the pick of Drake London. They've got Kyle Pitts. I think the offense can be maybe surprisingly competent. The defense is not going to be very good. So they come in at 27. Yeah, so I have Atlanta at 28. I'm right there. I like the fact they got Marcus Mariota and have a veteran quarterback, but I don't see them competing at all. I think the NFC South is about two teams, and that's it. Okay, uh, next up. New York Giants, I love the first two picks they made the draft with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Rest of the offseason is not great. They have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL now that they've moved on from Jabril Peppers. They've cut James Bradbury. I'm interested to see what Brian Dable does because I like him a lot as a coach, but they're probably at least a year away from contending. I've got them almost exactly here. I have them at 25, and this is really about Brian Dable. For me, I really liked that coaching hire. I'm putting a little bit of confidence in him that that maybe they can win. Uh, You know, maybe they go 7 and 10, but even 7 and 10, they're going to end up right around this area. Okay, let's go to 25, where I have the Giants, but Marcus has... The Washington Commanders. I like a lot of parts of this roster. Like, I think the defense could be pretty good. I think the secondary is going to be improved from what we saw last year. 
I, I just don't get the Carson Wentz thing. You've now had two teams move on from Wentz in back-to-back years. I, 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 I'm not sure he's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, yet they paid a, quite a big price to go get him. I, I just don't see it. You know, I, I I debated the commanders at 22 or 23, so I have them just a little higher than you do. I think I might swap them to 23 because I agree with you and move my 23 up to 22. Uh, all the things you just stated, I didn't love the move myself. I'm curious how that wide receiver core is going to be because they didn't get anything really last year. I mean, I know McLaurin's a great player, but he needs help. Samuel was hurt all year. I think they're going to be much stronger there this yes, year, Marcus. I agree. I agree. Jahan Dotson, first-round receiver. You pair him with Diami Brown, who they took in the third round last year. If Logan Thomas could come back healthy, he missed a lot of time last year. It's a pretty decent you know, skill position group. All right, uh, let's. Uh, we got it flipped here. Number twenty-four, a team that I'm pretty high on. Yeah, the Detroit Lions. Um, I've loved what they've done this offseason. Between signing DJ Chark, drafting Aiden Hutchinson, trading up for Jamison Williams, who I think is the best receiver in the draft. Uh, I think they've done some things to help them be more competitive this year and actually close out some of these these closer games, but. They're still a ways away from being a playoff team, but I do like the moves they, they made. They're on the right track. This is the team I swapped from 23 to 22. I put them over the commanders. You have them over the commanders. I'm just a little higher on the Lions than you, uh, like just by two spots. But for the most part here, man, you and I are in lockstep on just about every team. Let's go to 23. Mm, that's the New York Jets. I think they have a potential to be like what the Miami Dolphins were last year, where Dude. They go nine and eight and they just beat up on all the bad teams, but they struggle against the playoff teams, right? I think Robert Sala is a good coach. I love what they've done to their defense. I love that they're adding weapons around Zach Wilson, but they really need to see Wilson take a step before they can be an actual playoff contender. Hey, they got Lincoln Tomlinson in the, in free agency. Mm -hmm. One of those moves that people didn't really talk about that much. Uh, I know that's not the biggest thing. I think the great draft they had, but in terms of helping them day one, I think that probably helps them day one more than any other move they made. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you hope the draft picks. I had a hard time with this. I have them at 29. And the reason is I think they had such a great draft. I'm thinking of heading into week one, right? Will the Jets finish higher than 29th? Probably. I just need to see something from Zach Wilson and those rookies that we think are going to be yes. good, Marcus. But I'm with you in spirit here, even though my ranking uh, is not the same. Let's go to 22. Yeah, this is a tough one, uh, the Steelers, because I think that defense, if they can stay healthy, especially up front, can be a top five unit in the NFL. But what are they getting at quarterback? What are they getting at their offensive line? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell Trubisky starts the first half of the season. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. surprised if they go nine and eight this year, just because they have that culture there, but this is not a team that's a legitimate contender. Well, a couple things here. Uh, number one, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to give them some valuable mobility. Uh, Najee Harris should be a top five pick in fantasy, irrespective of P- irrespective of PPR. I know he is because of PPR, but I actually think running the ball, he's going to be more valuable <clears throat> this year than he was last year. I had them at 22 initially in my mind. I moved him down to 24 to make uh, room for the Lions and the Commanders because I do think the Commanders are better at quarterback, even if you don't like uh, Carson Wentz. But that's my list. We're doing yours. What do you got at 21? Minnesota Vikings. Man, you go through this roster. There's hard, It's hard to find a weakness for this team. And then in the draft, they had like five picks inside the top 100. They added a lot of depth. It's just 
something about this team makes you feel lukewarm about them. And I don't know if it's the quarterback. I don't know necessarily think that's the case, but why, why aren't I more convinced about this Vikings team? Bro, I have them so much higher. I okay. wanted to take one risk on one team. I think this is a team that's going to have a really great regular season. And then I think they're going to lose in the playoffs. <laughs> but six, that's yeah, six to one to win the NFC North. Are you in? Yeah, I would do that. Uh, I think this team could easily go uh, 11 and six. Now, I'm not looking at their schedule right now. So if they have a really hard schedule, maybe it's 10 and seven. But yeah, when you look at consistency of roster, you're going to be hard pressed to beat these guys uh, in terms of that. That doesn't always win, though. You do need star power. We've talked about that a lot. It's kind of like a dynasty draft. Okay, uh, you're number 20. Uh, Let's see. Wait a minute. That was 21, right? Yeah. At 21, I had the Miami Dolphins, Mm. which you have much higher up. So, Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. The New England Patriots at number 20. This is a team I really struggle with because it's Bill Belichick and you I mean, you just think that defense is going to be really good because it's always really good. And they made the playoffs last year despite a horrific start. They have a second-year quarterback in Mac Jones, but I don't know. I don't love their playmakers on offense. They lost Ted Karras in the offensive line. They traded away Shaq Mason. They, lost, I mean, Dante Hightower is a free agent. They lost Kyle Van Noy. The defense looks so slow in the playoff game. I don't know what to think about them, Elliot. I have them much higher. I have them as a wild card team. I'm betting on that coaching staff, and I'm betting on the second-year development of Mac Jones. Um, I think he could take a big step forward, but a lot of that is based on confidence of past performance. Marcus is just about confidence at looking at the roster, and I can't disagree with you there, even though my ranking is uh, they're far higher uh, for me. I've got them 11. So, uh, Mm. of course, it's a jumbled mess between 11 and 19 for me. It is... You know, it's almost like throw them up in the air. Uh, at 20, where you're talking the Patriots, I have the Cleveland Browns because I don't know what's going to happen with them. And, and I don't know. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield playing quarterback for them? That's not going to happen. I can promise you that's not going to happen. There's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number 19, what do you got? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. And, man, if you look at that roster without the quarterback – and you can make an argument that that's the best roster in the NFL, but I'm just not sold on Jalen Hurts. You watch You're him in too that low. Play- well, hold on. You saw him in the playoff game against Tampa Bay, and he looked overwhelmed. Like it was just far too much for him. And I love the addition of AJ Brown. I like that they drafted Jordan Davis. The secondary is still not great, and it's pretty old. But I just I don't know if I if I can put them much higher higher despite the roster being so good because of the quarterback. I have the Eagles higher than this. Uh, I have the Broncos here partially because now this isn't really fair to the Broncos, but they're just in a really tough division, man. Yeah. They're in the toughest division in football. You're saying the Eagles think- aren't? Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I had the Broncos here. And admittedly, I would I think the Broncos could have gone higher um, sure. because I know you're going to disagree with who I have higher than them. Uh, let's go to your 18th ranked team. This is an interesting one because you've historically been very positive, Perry, about these guys. Yeah, I don't like the vibes coming out of Arizona this offseason, right? Kyler Murray wants contract extension. Seems like he's doing some of the social media stuff to get the attention of the Cardinals. You've got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, who's going to be suspended for the first six games. They lost Chase Edmonds in free agency. They didn't add anything to their defensive line or their offensive line outside of Will Hernandez. I think the Cardinals are a fine team. 
I just don't expect them to be a 11 to 12 win team like they were last year. As wrong as you got Philadelphia, I think you got this right. I have Arizona at 14, and I think I'm a little high on them. Um, and I think I was looking at my own bias in the past because remember, I always said Arizona, when people had them at the top of their rankings, like this mm-hmm. team is not even close to the best team in the league. Although, I, look, Kyler Murray, for for all the stupid shenanigans with, with Instagram and LinkedIn, uh, you know, MySpace. You think Kyler Murray has a LinkedIn? I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Marcus, he's a top 12 NFL quarterback. Sure. So that puts them instantly because the NFL is so heavily weighted. You guys, if y'all listen to our podcast, you know I don't like that, but I still have to acquiesce to the idea that the quarterback is so important. Let's go to your 17th. Well, really oh, quick though, the Cardinals. One of the things I, yeah. you're right about Kyler. I just don't like how old that team is. Like JJ yeah, I don't either. JJ Watts pretty clearly in decline now. Um, you're relying on it, AJ Green and Zach Ertz and DeAndre Hopkins, who started to look a little bit old last year. James Conner, who's never really stayed healthy in his career. That's a team that I could see really fading down the stretch again, like they did last year. I agree, but I don't know how you put this team over Philadelphia with what you just said about both of them and not over your 17th team. I'm a little bit bullish on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I'm, really, yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah. Partly because yeah. I, I really like Mike McDaniel. That defense is ready to go right now to be a top five unit. They did improve the offensive line. They added one of the biggest game changers in the NFL. And Tyreek Hill, this is like a science experiment, right? You put the two fastest receivers on the same team with a quarterback who doesn't have a great arm. Let's see how it works. I'm really fascinated by Miami. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I think you're. I think Philadelphia should be higher. Okay, let's why, let's why go to can't they, Why can't they do a San Francisco 49ers impression in the AFC East? They can, but this is the first time uh, with him as a head coach. Uh, they have an issue at quarterback. The issue being they don't know. It's the Jalen Hurts issue, and uh, I think what we need to see is what we saw from Philadelphia last year, where Nick Sirianni made you know adjusted, and we saw that he learned from his mistakes. We don't know if that's going to happen here with Miami. I think there's just too many unknowns, and I would not put Miami's roster over Philadelphia's. I wouldn't. Oh, I would. See, I, I think I would. Because I thought I, you just said, wait well, a minute, you just I said mean, Philadelphia I, had the best. I said maybe they best. We think that, uh, I forgot to tell you about Miami's defense, man, is so good. Yeah, that's okay. I did like the Armstead signing a yeah. lot for them. Uh well, you got me talking tackles and guards now all the time. There goes Mike. Even my camera doesn't like it. <laughs> Golly. I mean, I didn't used to talk tackles and guards right. this much. All right, let's can we go to your 16? Sure. Well, we're yeah. we're moving on. They're gonna flip the graphics for us in a second. It's the Norland Saints. Um, one of the teams that I'm just really excited to see because you saw them at the end of the season. That defense was incredible. They held uh, they did not allow Tampa Bay to score a point in that one fantastic game against Tom Brady. They've made some really good moves this offseason, including uh, trading up for Chris Olave. They s- drafted Trevor Penning. Jameis Winston's coming back, and they almost made the playoffs with Taysom Hill and uh, your guy, Trevor Simeon, uh, good backup quarterback. I-, I think the Saints are a good team. You know, I had the Saints at 18 even though I've been higher on them than you have, 
but I'm actually going to acquiesce to you here. It's my second time using acquiesce on this podcast. I'm dropping the Cardinals down from 14 to 18, and I'm moving everybody up because I agree with you. So I've got the Saints now at 17. I'm surprised you had them this high because every time I told you they're probably a playoff team or certainly right there, you're like, no, no, no. This is right on the cusp, certainly. I mean, they're getting – Michael Thomas back and they drafted Chris Olave. This is a team that was so bad on offense last year. And you add those two guys in, plus you get a quarterback, a competent quarterback for the first time since maybe before Drew Brees was watched. It's, it's nice to see. Yeah. And I realize there's 14 teams in the playoffs and this is number 16. But if you go to your 15th team, huge question mark right off the bat with your 15th team, Saints could easily leap this group. Yeah. And well, we should also mention this. There's going to be some pretty weak NFC playoff teams this year, right? The AFC yes. is just yes. so much stronger. The next right. couple of teams that we're going to talk about, I think they're significantly better than like the Saints or the Eagles or the Cardinals, and they could very well be out of the playoffs. And at 15, it's the Browns. I kind of just stuck the Browns here because I don't know what else to do with them. They were yeah. nearly a playoff team last year with a broken down Baker Mayfield. They started Nick Mullins in a game. They started Case Keenum in a game. They had so many injuries as well. And if Watson can even play, let's say eight games for them this year, I think they could go 10 and seven. And it barely lost that game to the Raiders. They lost at the end. That was an important game for them down the stretch. I don't remember what week that was. Uh, weeks, but it, was it was week 16. And they had 20-something yeah. players out on uh, COVID. That, and, that uh, and, the, and Carlson had to win it with like a, what, a 50-yard field goal or something? Yeah, it, or, it, uh, it took a pass interference call at the end of the game for the Raiders to have a chance to win that one. Yeah, yeah. Although Derek Carr was still clutch at the end of that game, so he did throw an interception yeah. with like two. Yeah, okay, here we go. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm moving not on to the Titans at yeah. 14. Yeah, this, this is a hard one. This was really hard. They this is a really team that's hard. Won five, at least nine games in six straight seasons. I think Mike Vrabel is one of the top five coaches in the league, but they lost AJ Brown, and the defense is still has question marks. And I don't love the offensive line. And what does Derrick Henry have left? What does Derrick Henry have left? What's Ryan Tannehill going to do with Malik Willis now on the team? It seems like that's already an uncomfortable situation. I don't know. Uh, I I think the Titans are a borderline playoff team this year. Yeah, I didn't love the Malik Willis pick because I think if Tennessee had used that pick on a guy that could contribute now, it was better because they have – I mean, look, this is a team that had a home playoff game last year without its best player for most of the year. I. But I, under, I understand why they did it. Because of my Cardinals adjustment, the Titans move up to 16. Uh, by the way, I had Cleveland, who Marcus has at 15, at 20. Mm. Um, so I'm a little bit lower on these guys than you. The Titans were really close uh, for all the reasons you just mentioned. Let's go to your 13th ranked team. The Dallas Cowboys. I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on them. I didn't love the offseason. I don't love the roster compared to what we saw last year, but they have by far the best quarterback in the division, and that's probably enough to win 10 to 11 games. Yeah, okay, so here I originally had the Cowboys behind the Titans. I swapped them right before we we got we started the rankings, and then I moved them up because I dropped the Cardinals below them. So I've got the Cowboys at 15 right now. Um, I think Dallas – is probably going to be one of the weak teams to make the playoffs. I'm thinking Dallas is probably going to be a six seed, Marcus, maybe a seven. 
I think you Philadelphia have the winning the division, then, huh? I have Philadelphia winning the division. I just don't know if the NFC East will send two playoff teams. My guess is they will because they get to play each other and they get to play the AFC South, which means Houston, Jacksonville, a weaker Tennessee team than in years past, and a, admittedly a strong Colts team, but not a behemoth. Dallas can beat the Colts. Uh, you know, if the Cowboys go three and one in the AFC South and they go, um, let's say four and two in the NFC East. We're talking about seven wins right there, Yeah, yeah. but they are playing a first place schedule, my friend. So that means their random games are, you know, first place games. Yeah. Um, they, they have games against the Bengals, the Packers, the Rams and the Bucks this year. They could go on four right there. Oh, easily. Yeah. I think they'll probably go one and three there. That would give them eight wins. So then it's how they do against the NFC division they're playing, which I think is the North this year. No, is that right? Yeah, the North, because they, they'll play the Bears yeah. and the Vikings. And they could easily go 3-1 and one in that division. Yeah, so the Cowboys could limp to a 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven record, uh, and that'll be good enough to get the playoffs. That's what I, what I think of them. I think losing Randy Gregory was really, really big for that team because if Micah Parsons is now not going to get the gift-wrapped matchups, and he's going to have to prove it against really elite players. You're smirking at me. I'm not saying he won't, you know, I just, okay. why are you laughing at me? No, I, I think, the Cowboys, am I wrong? No, I, I think Dan Quinn's smart enough to know that that's probably not the way to use him. Right. I understand. I understand. I just, I don't know if Cowboy fans do because they, you know, they don't realize that, Hey, going up against a blocking back or a guard is different than going up against, you know, Trent Williams. And so watch the Cowboys games from last year. I'm sorry. I'm being a, I mean, meaning I got in an argument over Twitter with Cowboys fans about this. Uh, you know, Randy Gregory is always going up against the left tackle. It's just different. Uh, okay, uh, let's go to your number 12. We're pretty much in lockstep yeah. here, though. I yeah, mean, we're, the, we're very smaller. close. Yeah, small yeah. arguments. Um, the Raiders at 12. I love the moves the Raiders have made this offseason. Me too. Bringing in Chandler Jones, trading for Devontae Adams, uh, even somebody giving a corner like Rocky Sin. I still have questions about the secondary. I think of all the teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs, the Raiders have by far the worst offensive line. And I think that's going to matter when they get into these games against like the Chargers who have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa or yeah, they're playing the yeah. Broncos. I, I think this is a, a, a much better Raiders team than we saw last year, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's not reflected in the record. Interesting. I, I cannot believe you have the Raiders and Saints higher than me because I've been very bullish on them the way you are with the Because we're Dolphins. going into a new season, Elliot. This is not yeah, I know. last year. I have the Raiders at 13. So you see Marcus 16 to 12. Marcus has got Saints, Browns, Titans, Cowboys, uh, Raiders. I have Titans, Cowboys, Eagles, Raiders. And my 12th ranked team is your 11th ranked team. So why don't you talk about them? Yeah, I, I, I've actually really liked the offseason that the Colts have had. Uh, not only upgrading from... Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, but also bringing in somebody like Yannick Ngakwe that gives them some more speed at the defensive end position. Uh, I like Gus Bradley a lot, quite a bit. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. Forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah I, keep going. And I don't know if he's going to turn them into a top five defense, but there's a lot of talent there. So I think this team is going to play really good defense. They're going to run the ball. And I think Matt Ryan with that offensive line and those playmakers is going to be good enough to probably win the AFC South. Well, let me ask you that about that real quick. Do you really feel confident about his passing game weapons? Yes. In terms of the other playoff teams? Yes, because he's just not going to be asked to do as much as some of the other quarterbacks are in the division. 
or in the conference, right? He's going to be asked to be lots of play action, use the tight ends over the middle of the field and hit Michael Pittman, you know, three or four times on the field. That's it. I, I think you're going to see Matt Ryan go more into a game manager role here with, with the Colts. I just wish the rest of the re- receiver core was stronger. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying this is an awful group. I, I just say that's to me is one of the weaknesses of this team. I like the I, running game. I like the quarterback. I like the defense. I won't be surprised if this is the team that adds a receiver this offseason. Like, for example, Julio Jones is still sitting yeah. out there. He's got a, quite the connection with Matt Ryan. You could bring in Julio and have him be the number two, number three receiver. And I think that would make a lot of sense. I wonder about the offensive line a little bit here, but um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much, again, we're in lockstep. I had the Colts 12. He's got them 11. I have the Patriots incidentally at 11. I'm much higher than you. Mm-hmm. And that's really more about confidence in the history of that team, Mac Jones development. And that what we said, 11 through 19 is a jumbled mess. It's a yep. jumbled wild card mess. I could see the Patriots being a wild card, but I might be too high on them. Let's get to your top 10. It's the 49ers at 10, and they have the potential and the talent to be much higher than this. But what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? Are they going to be able to trade him? Do they not want to trade him? Because the cl- the longer that they keep Garoppolo, the more it has me thinking that maybe Kyle Shanahan wants to play Garoppolo this year over Trey Lance, and they don't think Lance is ready. If that's the case, I might even be too high in the 49ers because they had to win so many games last year in spite of their quarterback and bringing back Garoppolo coming off a shoulder injury has me really nervous. Well, see, to me, that's actually a strength. So I have the 49ers much higher than you. I have the 49ers at six. Uh, And when you get in the top 10, that's a significant difference. They played that well with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think playing below his ability last year Uh, and also playing banged up. If he plays a little bit better, Trey Lance may not be, a guy ever they may see what they see in Trey Lance and realize we missed this pick. It's possible. Uh, we keep talking about it. Like it's going to happen. We have no idea if it's going to happen. If it does happen, they'll look out. <laughs> if this guy ends up being really good, look out. This is a Super Bowl team, but uh, either way, I had them at six at number 10. I have the Ravens who I haven't seen yet. Mm. So uh, I don't know where Marcus has him. I'm guessing Marcus has Baltimore at seven. Uh, okay, you're number nine team. You are high on this team. Wow. Yeah, it's the Denver Broncos. I, I love the addition of Russell Wilson. I love that secondary. Uh, the secondary was really good last year. This is one of the top two or three defenses in the league last year, uh, despite having a pretty young secondary. We're going to see Patrick Sertan take a step up. I love the addition of Randy Gregory, who you mentioned before. That defense combined with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, this is a top 10 team for me. So this would be the one team on my list, and I had the Broncos at 19, that really could shoot up. It's just a lot of question marks for me. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett at head coach, brand new head coach. Russell Wilson playing in a new location for the first time in his career, where most of his career he had incredible home field advantage and most of his career a great defense. Um, Also, the receiver core did not play well last year. They were banged up a lot. Yes. I don't love this offensive line, Marcus. Uh, It's very average, right? Yes, yes. And this isn't 2014 Russell Wilson. I think you need to protect him more. And then Randy Gregory's got to stay healthy and produce for that team. You know, with Dallas, he did have some issues last year. Um, So a lot of question marks. If they all get answered yes, then you bet this is a top 10 team or could be. 
So there we go. Uh, by the way, number nine, I have the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Uh, okay, number eight. Yeah, Ravens culture, baby. Uh, I, I think the Baltimore Ravens have a really good shot to get out of the AFC this year. They had 17 players on the injured reserve list last year. Uh, Lamar Jackson had the team as the number one seed in the AFC before he got injured. I've loved their offseason between drafting Kyle Hamilton, between signing Marcus Williams. Uh, they reinvested in their offensive line. They're getting some of the running backs uh, back on the field. I, I think the Ravens, combined with their coach and their special teams, have a chance to win 12, 13 games this year. Yeah, I you know, the the one thing about that Hollywood Brown trade is it does deplete you a little bit in terms of some production outside, but um I don't I don't think they're gonna miss him that bad. I but I you know, I could be wrong on that. By the way, Marcus is top ten so far, uh 49ers at ten, uh, which he's too low. Broncos at nine, we'll see. Ravens here at eight. My top ten so far, Ravens at ten. I've got the Packers at nine. Yep. And at eight, I had the Minnesota Vikings. This is one of the mm. biggest discrepancies on our list. I think the Vikings roster, as you already pointed out, is great. I think Kirk Cousins is much maligned. I think he's better than people realize that he is. That doesn't mean I trust this team in the playoffs, though. I could easily no. see this team going 11 and six and then getting one and done. But that's what the eighth ranked team is, isn't it? Yep. It's a I... team that <clears throat> gets a first round bye and gets beat. Uh, you know, Speaking of which, uh, Green Bay Packers, they're very familiar yeah. with this situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number seven, Packers, uh, go ahead. Uh, Packers, I think they have a really good chance to have the number one defense in the league. Like, top to bottom, that defense is so good. And they drafted two guys in the first round this year, Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, who might not even start for them. They might just be rotational guys as rookies. I think this defense is going to be incredible. I think they're going to be able to run the ball like crazy with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and that offensive line. I just worry about their ceiling in the playoffs. When you're relying on rookies and an old Randall Cobb to be your main guys in the passing game, I just have questions about them. I, I would not be surprised at all if they're the number one seed in the NFC, and it's a very similar situation to what we saw over the last couple of years where they get bounced in round two or round three. I don't think they're even going to win the division. So okay. I think that it's going to be really tight. It's going to be, maybe, maybe they eke it out, but I don't see them being the number one seed. So you've got Green Bay at number seven. I have the Cincinnati Bengals at number seven. Uh, we'll talk about them when they get when we uh, get to your ranking of the Bengals, which we're not there yet. I this is another huge surprise for me at number six. Go ahead. Why is this a surprise? The Los Angeles Chargers. Do you not think they'd be higher? So Going into this, I was absolutely sure that you'd have the Chargers higher than me, the Saints lower than me, and the Raiders lower than me. You had the Saints higher than me, you had the Raiders higher than me, and you have the Chargers lower than I do. So I am shocked at this. All right. Okay. So I've got the Chargers at six. I don't feel like that's super high. I can't believe you have them behind the two teams that you do, but uh, we'll go ahead. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Love the moves the Chargers have made this offseason. J.C. Jackson was a steal of a mm -hmm. signing. Trading for Khalil Mack was perfect. And they have one of the best draft picks in the first round in Zion Johnson. This is a team that I think now is ready to compete for a Super Bowl. They weren't ready there last year because the roster was so bad from 12 to 53. But they're, they're just a much more balanced team compared to what we saw oh. last year. Yeah, so as I said before, I have the 49ers here at six uh, versus the Chargers. I have the Chargers at four. 
I just hope, speaking of that number, that Brandon Staley doesn't go for it on fourth down as much this year. Take less risks. I think well, you over overswung there last year. And that's the, the reason why I have the Chiefs at five over at the Chargers, because even though I don't love the moves that the Chiefs made this offseason, it's still Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's coached in a million big games. And I just have more confidence that they're going to be able to take care of business at home. Uh, they still have probably the best quarterback in football. The mm-hmm. ceiling's not quite as high as it was with Tyreek Hill, but this is still a team that I, I think is a lock to win 11, 12 games. Yeah, so you've got the Chargers at six. You've got the Chiefs at five. I have the Chiefs at five as well. Um, I I went with the Chargers over them. I just like the Chargers personnel better. I don't think the Chiefs are as dangerous on offense or as dangerous as they used to yeah. be. Uh, your number four team isn't surprising to me. It's just surprising that you didn't have the Chargers over them, given how I know how bullish you are on the Chargers. Yeah, I just think the Bengals have a better roster, right? Top to bottom, they're better than they were last year. And, you know, they went to the Super Bowl. They were a couple plays away. Their biggest weakness was the offensive line. They added Ted Karras. They added Lyle Collins. They added Alex Kappa. They didn't really lose anything on defense. In fact, they've added to it, drafting Dax Hill. I know a lot of people are predicting a regression for the Bengals, but I just don't see it. This roster is just so much better than it was last year. I have the Bengals at seven. I told you I'd talk about them when we got there. I don't see a big regression for them. I just want Zach Taylor to prove it. Sure. Do it again. Fair Joe enough. Burrow, do it Do it again. Uh, the, you know, we, we talk a lot about the quarterback-kicker combo. The quarterback-coach-kicker combo to me is always really interesting. If, if those three don't prove it, the kicker didn't have a great year. Um, the quarterback did, but he's a second-year player, and he needs to prove it. And the head coach had his first good year as a head coach. I think he needs to prove it. But because I like their personnel moves so much, I kept them at seven. I don't think there's any shame in having the uber-talented Chargers, the Chiefs, and the 49ers ahead of them. If you want to argue the Chargers, I understand out there because they haven't proven it yet. Uh, Okay, so, so far, Marcus has got the Ravens at eight, the Packers at seven, the Chargers at six, the Chiefs at five, the Bengals at four. At number three, you can make a case for number one. Mm-hmm. It's the Buccaneers. Um, so I like to kind of do these power rankings all year long, like at different points in the offseason, just to kind of see how I feel about teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before Tom Brady announced that he was coming back, I had them at 22. Once he's back, or once now that we know he's back, I've got them at three. They are a legitimate Super Bowl contender once again. I, I thought Brady was phenomenal last year. He was so good in that playoff game against the Rams, which they lost. Uh, I, they've they've got some guys back that I think are going to help. They they signed Russell Gage, which I know is not Antonio Brown, but it's a nice little piece. I it's just like this team is really good. I, I think that's a nice piece. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I worry about their front seven a little bit. Um, it's old too. That's a, a thing that you have to worry about. Yeah, a little bit. yeah. Um, so you do the power rankings all year. We'll be looking forward to your July 7th. Everyone's on vacation power rankings. You know who the best power ranker of all time is, NFL? Uh, you. Dr. Z. Uh, okay. Uh, I have the Bucks at number three as well. So we are in lockstep there. I said you could make a case for number one. Uh, age in the front seven is my main deterrent yep. there, uh, Marcus. Uh, be interesting to see how the offensive line plays as well. Uh, number two team. We differ. Mm. Yeah, my number two team is the uh, Super Bowl champions from last year. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Still think this team has a great shot at repeating. Uh, Matt Stafford in the second year in the system. 
Uh, they've got arguably the best receiver in football, the most dominant defensive player in Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. I do worry a little bit about the depth. Uh, I think losing Von Miller is going to hurt more than what people think. Uh, they've, they're still weak at a couple spots on the offensive line, but it's a team that absolutely could win the Super Bowl again this year. You know who I think a real key to their team is? I think if Leonard Floyd plays like he's shown in flashes throughout his career, he's a good player. He's a good football player. Why are you, well, you're making a face. I thought you were going to say Troy Hill. No, no. <laughs> okay. But if he plays, you know, kind of a, over his head a little bit, not a lot, I think it just make a huge difference uh, for that team. And then the trade of the century, Troy Hill for fifth rounder next year. By the way, I almost moved uh, Cleveland up because I really thought their fifth rounder next year would help them this year. <laughs> so this is my fourth surprise. I told you I was surprised that you had the Saints lower than me, surprised that you had the Raiders lower than me, surprised I was higher than you on the Chargers. I'm surprised, uh, I should say, that I have the Bills um, – where I do, and that you have the bills where you do. Where do you have the bills? I have them at two. Okay. Um, so we're, we're not we're not differing a lot. It, no, but I just I did not think there was any way that they were going to be your number one team. Yeah, I, I, this is the best team in football to me. That doesn't mean they're going to win a Super Bowl because the AFC is so much harder than the NFC is, right? It's If you get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you're going to have to be a, a ridiculously good team. But top to bottom, this roster is incredible. Josh Allen... I believe he's entering year five now. The playoff game that he had against the Chiefs was incredible. I, I like the moves that they made on the offensive line, and I like what they did on defense. Their biggest mm-hmm. issue last year, Elliot, is they couldn't get any pressure when they absolutely needed it. So what do they go do? They draft or they go and sign Von Miller. They needed another corner opposite of Tredavious White. They traded up for Kyger Elam. They needed a running back that could make plays you know, out of the backfield and they could hit home runs. They draft James Cook from Georgia. There's really no weakness on this team anywhere. Well, they tried to get McKissick. Yeah, they tried. They tried. Um, look, we are very, very close here. Marcus is top five. He's got Kansas City five, Cincinnati four, Tampa three, the Rams two, and the Bills one. I have the Chiefs five, the Chargers four, the Bucks three, the Bills two, the Rams one. Uh, the only team that's missing uh, is we, the Chargers. Uh, I've got them in the top five. You've got them just outside of the top five. But for the most part, I mean, our our top six teams are are our mm-hmm. top five teams are almost identical. Um, our biggest discrepancy when it comes to the elite teams is I am higher on San Francisco by a pretty good margin than you are, and you're higher than on Green Bay. Um, I wonder of all this group. Okay, and I'd like for you to just give a rundown of all your teams again real quick. But out of all this group, what's the team that you think you could just be most wrong on? I always wondered that when I would do these. And it was yeah. usually a team I had ranked high that I that could that was going to plummet. Or is it a team that you've just got really low that you're like, oh, I could see these guys it, having a great year? It's probably the Broncos for me, right? Because they are in such a tough division. If Russell Wilson just looks old, like in Seattle kind of knew what was going on behind closed doors, if he doesn't gel and click as quickly as maybe we're thinking he will, it could be a problem. It's also a first-year head coach with Nathaniel Hackett. We're projecting a lot there, but I, I, I've i got a feeling Denver is going to be a pretty solid team. Yeah, I'm looking at two of mine. Uh, having Miami as low as I do, um, you know, in the low 20s, I'm 
I could see them having a really great year, especially if New England drops back a little bit and Tua plays up to his potential. It's really hard to put the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. Say what you want about them. Even when they stink, they're 500, and their defense is good. And what if Mitch Trubisky plays his butt off? You know, it's just I could see Pittsburgh ending up, you know, with with the question marks in Cleveland. Lamar Jackson gets banged up again. What? What are you gonna? What are you? I was gonna say they could end up. Would Would it be all that shocking if they're like ten and seven, but with like a minus sixty point differential, kind of like they were last year? Like when they lose games, they're gonna get killed, right? Like they're just not as talented as other teams, but they're gonna play in like twelve games that are decided by three points or something like that. It's really hard in the NFL to win it all running the football and playing good defense. The quarterback is too important. We've had podcasts on that. The 49ers got very close last year. But is it hard to play conservative ball like that with a good defense and make the postseason? No. no you could, with, especially with seven teams, I could see Pittsburgh. That would probably be the one that I think would jump up uh, the most. Why don't, we, uh, why don't you go over the 32 sure. teams real quick? Uh, at 32, we've got the Texans, 31, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're a team, though, I would not be surprised if at the end of the year they rattle off four or five wins once kind of mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence gets into the rhythm. Some veteran uh, talent, too. Yeah. Seattle at 30, would not be surprised at all. They have the number one pick next year. Carolina Panthers at 29, the Bears at 28, the Falcons at 27, the Giants at 26, but I'm really interested to see Brian Dable uh, there. We've got the Washington Commanders at 25. Really good defense. We'll see uh, what Carson Wentz can bring. 24, the Detroit Lions, who I actually like quite a bit. I also like the Jets at 23. Just got done talking about the Steelers at 22. Your Minnesota Vikings, the 2022 uh, NFC North champions uh, at 21. The Patriots at 20. The Eagles at 19. I just wish I liked Jalen Hurts a little bit more. The Eagles are uh, sorry. The Cardinals at 18, the Dolphins at 17. I'm kind of kind of in on Miami this year. Saints at 16. I think that's a playoff team in the NFC South. The Browns at 15. Who knows what we're going to get from Deshaun Watson? The number one seed Tennessee Titans at 14. The Dallas Cowboys at 13. The Las Vegas Raiders at 12 with their new head coach and Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams. Uh, the Colts at 11 with Matt Ryan, 10, San Francisco 49ers. I could be way off on them. They could end up winning the NFC. Wouldn't shock me at all. Denver Broncos at nine. Baltimore Ravens back in on Ravens culture at eight. Hmm. Green Bay Packers at seven. Our Los Angeles Chargers at six. The Kansas City Chiefs at number five. The Bengals at four. Two NFC teams in the Bucks at three. The Rams at two. And then the Buffalo Bills at number one overall. Yeah, as you went over the list, you know, our biggest discrepancy in terms of rankings are the Vikings and the Patriots uh, and the Broncos. Those are the three where we're a lot of spots off. Uh, Vikings are the biggest. The one and you're a little I know you're like totally rooting for the Dolphins, but I am. I think that I think the team you got the most wrong here again is Philadelphia. There's no way I'm putting them that low after Arizona. I think Philadelphia is a playoff team, even if Jalen Hurts plays exactly the way he did uh, last year. And you would think he would at least make some incremental uh, improvement. Also, the head coach isn't going to make the same mistake where he wasn't running the ball like early last year either. So that might be good for an extra W uh, for that group. Uh, But as always, I give you the last word. Nice job on these rankings. What do you got? Yeah, we're entering the dead period of the NFL, right? After the schedule gets released, we really got nothing going on until, what, the Hall of Fame game or training camp mm-hmm. starting in late July, early August. But 
this is the, th- the time of the year where the good teams get better, whether that's signing a veteran free agent, whether that's making a, a trade just to improve depth. There's still a lot of good free agents out there. You mentioned Jarvis Landry all the time, like for a contender, could he fill a role? What about Odell Beckham? I think a smart team is going to sign Odell Beckham here mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks, stash him for the first half of the season. We'll see what he looks like. Jadavian Clowney. Clowney is still a really good edge rusher. Could a team like the Baltimore Ravens bring in Clowney just to give them more edge rush help? I know this is going to be a boring time of the NFL, but this is when good teams can get much better. No, and I agree with you. Like, there's not a lot going on. We've already kind of seen some previews of that with Marcus piecing out on the Tuesday podcast. Um, so, yeah, dad duties, everybody. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm being a, I'm being shout a out jerk. To my daughter. Yes, big shout out. <laughs> Where's pup pup? She's in the other room. She's tiny. Uh, she's, she's waiting for this podcast to be done so we can go play. Oh, well, all right. So we're going to get out of here with that uh, so that Marcus can go play with his dog, of course. Uh, he is at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is the host of Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. And he also covers the Raiders for USA Today. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And we thank Courtney and Eric and Herbert and all the good folks at Brinks and you guys. We'll see you all soon. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.